Hey everybody, welcome to Multi Multi, the podcast where we talk about the multitude of multi-site student ministry. My name is Joe Crabb and I am blessed to be joined by one of my amazing co-hosts. This is Gina Abbas. Gina, how are you, my friend? Hey everybody, doing good. I'm ready for like pumpkin spice lattes. Oh my goodness, so you are, you are team PSL. Yeah, absolutely. Well, PTL for PSL, myself, <laughs> I just can't do it, but I understand it's different strokes for different folks, Um, but I am with you. Fall in Michigan is a beautiful time of year, Uh, and hopefully for many of us, albeit a different time uh, as we're recording this in 2020, um, hopefully you guys are are continuing just to see the the Lord do great and mighty work uh, through you, through your team, through your leaders as you look to share and show the gospel to, to students wherever God's allowed you to do ministry at. And I'm excited for um, our guest with us today. He is a friend, a brother in Christ, a co-worker with me at Woodside Bible, uh, Mr. Denzel Wright. Denzel, how are you doing, my friend? Good. J- Jojo Binks, I'm good. Hope all is well with you and Gina. Oh, you Hope have a guys. nickname. <laughs> I, I have a nickname with Denzel. Uh, Denzel is the only one who calls me Jojo Binks, but I, I love it. I appreciate it. I don't hate it at all. So, um, all, love, all love. All love. All love. Well, I'll have Denzel share a little bit more about himself uh, uh, and his role at Woodside. But before I do so, let me just real quick share with you, our listeners, as either a reminder or if this is your first time listening, Uh, what the vision is for our podcast. And that is to equip the churches who are entering into or who are already have multi-site student ministry. Uh, We hope to share what we've learned, what we are learning as we make mistakes, figure things out, as well as learn from you. Uh, It is such a joy to be able to be a part of this community, uh, to learn together, to grow together as we look to be better stewards of that which God has called us to. And so Denzel, thank you again so much for for being here. And I would love for you uh, to just hop in and share uh, with the listeners about uh, your particular role at Woodside, as well as your campus and the unique particularities uh, of it. Yeah, uh, well, again, thank you guys for having me. My name is Denzel, as Joe just said. Uh, I have had the honor and the privilege of being on staff uh, now at Woodside Pontiac uh, for four and a half years, just hit four and a half years uh, this summer and so excited. Uh, It's been a journey. It's been an amazing time. And uh, I have the honor of serving as the student ministry guy at Pontiac, as well as the worship leader, uh, which is a new form title, Uh, but excited for all that uh, I get to labor and love with those around us uh, at the Pontiac campus. And the Pontiac campus is really really, really unique. I think it's it's just a hidden gym on 830 Auburn Avenue in Pontiac. Amen. And uh, the amazing thing about our campus is that uh, it is family filled. There's not anybody who has ever come into that place on a Sunday morning, Wednesday night, or any special event that has not left that place and said, man, it feels like home and it feels like family. And uh, just being right there in the heart of Pontiac on the east side, uh, it's an amazing thing to know that uh, when you walk into the church, it's not just the formalities of church, you're walking into uh, a spiritual family. And that's the uniqueness of our campus is that it is an actual family. Uh, we fuss, we fight, we love each other, and all 
all the while uh, we're worshiping together the one true king. And so uh, it's just been an amazing journey uh, and all that we've been allowed to do uh, at Woodside Pontiac and uh, all that God has continued to allow us to do. So it's been a joy. Amen. It's been fun. I appreciate that, Denzel, and I agree with that. It's just such a cool, um, it's been a cool thing just to see that campus continue to, to grow. And as I think about yourself and your your current campus pastor as well, I, I know that is your guys' heart uh, to love people in such a way. And for, for, for this conversation, I'd love for you to even share for those who are not aware, um, share a little bit about the city of Pontiac. Um, you know, one of the things we talked about before when we've talked about Woodside is that, uh, you know, we are a multi-site church with 14 campuses, but we've got campuses in all sorts of different areas from rural to urban to suburban. And the people who fill those those areas, those campuses come from all sorts of different demographics. And so uh, just share real quick for the listener, uh, what is, you know, just kind of the landscape, uh, the community at large of Pontiac. Yeah, well, uh, first of all, I would be a fool not to take this moment about this being uh, a self-study that I've just recently discovered that Pontiac is the greatest city known to mankind. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I think it's going to come out in heaven when we get there. That, <laughs> that's what Pontiac was. Uh, but Pontiac, for anybody who knows what General, Motor, General Motors is, I feel like the world knows. Uh, General Motors, this used to be one of the main hub cities for General Motors uh, of Pontiac, uh, home to the Pontiac car. Uh, it's a very unique city. Um, it used to be very, very booming, but uh, Joe kind of mentioned it uh, as we were talking before, how just it was uh, hit very bad. Uh, through the 08 recession. And so uh, slowly but surely, uh, the um, city has been coming together, uh, trying to rebuild itself through this process and uh, things such as that. But it's an amazing city. It's an amazing spot here in Metro Detroit, uh, Pontiac. Uh, I love it. I love your heart for your city. I think before we started this, I asked Denzel, like, tell me about Pontiac, because I'm from California. I don't know a whole ton about all the areas of uh, Michigan where you're, where uh, Woodside's over on the east side. And it was just, it's so good to hear your love for your community and how people feel like home when they're at your campus. They kind of want to visit. <laughs> uh, so Denzel, I'm excited uh, for this conversation today because of the role that you have and all the experience that you bring um, and just the insight into today's topic as we talk about uh, urban ministry and um, urban campuses, how do you contextualize these ministry models and these philosophies that come from uh, primarily really suburban and usually very white multi-site structure? So I thought it'd be helpful if, uh, Joe, if you give us like a brief overview of some of the core principles and philosophies and just how programming works, and then how do you, uh, just to give some context to the listener, and then Denzel can give some clarity on like, how do you contextualize that into an, in an urban setting? Amen. Amen. Denzel, keep me honest along the way here, you know? Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I've had the privilege of being at Woodside, as I've shared before, um, for 16 years before we even had uh, our first, before we became multi-site at all. So it's to see um, these campuses continue to, to open and where God has been leading us and uh, to be able to sit around the table as we've talked about what uh, student ministry looks like in those campuses. Um, yeah, let me just give some context. Obviously, we are we are small group driven. Uh, groups are at the very heart of what we of what we do uh, as we look to 
uh, twofold, empower uh, the believers that, that God has called to lead students in such a way, you know, through our small group leaders, uh, as well as be able to draw students closer to Christ, the work of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. And so uh, essentially, you know, long and short, we want to make disciples. And we see as many of you guys also uh, who are listening know, you know small groups are the, the one of the best uh, engines for that to, to be able to happen. And so those are some of the, the core things I think that make us who we are um, in regard to ministry programming wise. You know, that means we look to have a predictable gathering of students. Um, we don't tie ourselves down to one night or one time. Uh, but we do look to have a predictable gathering in which you know, teaching, worship, community, and small groups are all a part of. And then outside of that, you know, the opportunity for students to be a part of things like mission trips uh, and then, you know, a yearly retreat. So, so again, small group driven, uh, discipleship minded, uh, Bible preaching from unique communicators across campuses uh, as we let, provide a predictable gathering, you know, outside of a pandemic uh, for, for students to be able to gather. So that's kind of the core from the ministry standpoint that we look to uh, to address. But Gina, you said you wanted Denzel to be able to kind of share, you know, build off of that, that question, what different aspects of that ministry model, um, how do they apply that for their context? So, and Denzel, let me know if I missed anything <laughs> that you want to add to that question. So. Yeah, no, I think you got it all down pat, uh, Gina, to answer your question on how do you take all of that put it into the form of uh, Woodside Pontiac? Uh, I would say, uh, first of all, across the board, uh, I believe it's all of our campus pastors' jobs to make sure it is what Woodside is. Uh, but the unique thing about the campus of Pontiac is that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Joe, correct me here, it is, Pon it is Woodside's first church plant. Uh, it's one of their first church plants out of Pontiac and Dearborn, uh, but Pontiac was the first one. And so uh, yeah. our former senior pastor, Pastor Doug, linked up with our former former campus pastor, Lorenzo, and they talked about their hearts and shared uh, the uh, their connected hearts in wanting to plant an urban church. And that's where Woodside Pontiac was birthed. And through that, um, not only was it to fuel uh, what Woodside's vision is um, and still have a, a local urban church, but also meet the needs of the community. And so the, the best way to do that uh, while still holding true to the grounds of Woodside and what Woodside believes uh, was to meet the needs of the community, which was immediate. And so uh, out of that was birth our campus and birth uh, our Dream Center, in which, uh, Gina, if you don't know, there's, or for any listeners, there's um, uh, we have a laundry room inside of our campus. We have showers. We have food pantries uh, every week. We have so many different things. And so uh, when you take what we're doing for the immediate culture uh, and take that from uh, that of Woodside's culture and you put it together, you get this unique blend, uh, which there's really no name for it, right? We just, we're just Woodside Pontiac. Uh, but the beautiful thing about it is, is also as a staff member, we have the uh, the honor one and then also the privilege to try to hold truth to the Woodside or the things of Woodside. And so you take that and honestly, I can't even lie to you, Gina and listeners that uh, it is a struggle sometimes. It's a struggle to uh, uphold the, the principles of Woodside, the foundation of our church and uh, our beliefs and core values, all the while trying to meet those immediate needs. But the beautiful thing about it is that uh, when you put those two and two, uh, it's not opposite of our 
It's not opposite of the Bible. Uh, uh, Matthew 25, 40 tells us best that uh, as you've done for the least of these, you've done it unto God. And so it's just been a real honoring uh, thing for uh, us to be able to meet the needs of the community while contextually still trying to be Woodside and culture. Now, it does look a little different sometimes, right? Woodside and all of our campuses, uh, you'll get your different mixes and blends of, of worship. Our worship isn't the same. Uh, our worship, uh, we, we sing CCM music, uh, but also we also have to incorporate gospel. Uh, why? Because that is the culture of our uh, city. That's the culture of the urban uh, setting that we're in, where you got to meet everybody where they are, essentially, becoming all things unto all people so that they may be saved. And so it's just been a journey. It's been really exciting. It's been really unique. Uh, but it is sometimes a juggle. But at the end of the day, uh, when, when, when realizing that you're trying to uphold what Woodside is uh, asking of you and the core values of the church and the immediate, immediate needs and certain things that arise throughout the community. Uh, and once it comes together, it's a beautiful fleshing uh, thing that we get to see developed in front of our eyes. So yeah. uh, I hope that answers your question, but I think that's pretty much how you do it. You cater to what you know of Woodside, but you also want to become all things unto all people so that they may be saved and welcomed into the family. Into Amen. The family. Amen. Yeah, no, I love that. That's good. Thanks for sharing that. I think one of the things that stood out to me that you said is that it's a campus pastor's job to make sure it's Woodside, but it's also the campus pastor's heart is to meet the needs of the community. And how do you contextualize that? How do you uh, make it Woodside, but also be really relevant and um, helpful to the community you're serving? And that's, you gotta know the community you're serving. So yeah. I would just, um, uh, I'd be curious, like if you were someone new, what are some, I know I'm kind of going off uh, a little bit. This, I just thought this question while you're talking, but if you're someone new to a brand new community that has a bunch of needs, where do you, what are some things you do to first start to pay attention, to listen to what those needs are without going in thinking, you know, it like, Oh, here's what you need. Like, so say you have a brand new campus pastor in a new community. What do you, where do you start learning? Yeah. So basically it's the thing you just said, yeah. you listen, right? Uh, we know nothing in Woodside and or the Dream Center. We can present so many different things at our campus to people and say, hey, we got this, we got this, we got this, but it might not be what they need. So uh, example right here is that uh, yeah. we, um, we have food pantry, right? And so there are people who come in who say, hey, I'm hungry. I need food. Um, and they may or may not just need a meal for the day, or they may or may not need uh, food for more than a day. Uh, so uh, the food pantry boxes are like a day, a week's worth of food. But then what if, what happens when that person, uh, they're going to need food again, and that one week supply isn't enough. So once you sit down and you listen to them, you can direct them better. We have an amazing um, staff within our Dream Center um, with uh, our care team, and that's what we call it. We have those people who sit down, they understand you, your story, and where you are directly, and how to point you into the best avenue. Maybe it's just spiritual guidance you need. Maybe it's just prayer. Maybe it's a physical need. Maybe it's a monetary need. Whatever the case may be, uh, we listen and try to help them because uh, we could just give them everything and it'd be absolutely nothing that they need. Um, and so just to answer your question, we've seen it uh, to be uh, very uh, fruitful and fitting uh, to have a care team where they meet them before a staff member, they meet them before anybody, so they can write their uh, information down, do an intake, and figure out what's the best direction for that individual or that family uh, best. Uh, yeah, so you're empowered forward. as a campus to 
to meet the needs of the people living around you in your community. But at the same time, you're part of this multi-site thing and you're handed a ministry model. Uh, what are some things from that ministry model that have been helpful or beneficial to your campus community, to your students, to your leaders, things that are just part of that multi-site that you're, that you're involved in at Woodside? Yeah, uh, I would say one of the, the main things would be when you look at other campuses and figure out what they're doing and things such like that, like for us, we don't have an outreach director. There's some of our campuses that do. And I feel like the important thing that has been true for us and that is true throughout any of our other campuses, Joe, let me know if I'm overstepping and speaking here, but an outreach director not only supplies the, uh, the next uh, movement, the next uh, thing to go out and do within a community, but they form partnerships as well. And so that's been something that we've been able to adapt to very well within Pontiac, whether it's through our school districts, whether it's through a city council, whether it's through the mayor's office or, or whatever, because I don't think uh, to listeners or Gina, I don't think that um, you can do urban ministry without connecting with the community. And I believe Woodside has shown that to be true. Yeah. Hence, here's some of the merges that we have. Here's why we have 14 campuses. And not that we have it all together, but I think it's really important. Um, and we know this through our Algonac campus, right? If you don't have the support of the community, you won't be able to thrive as a church and a campus. And so uh, just seeing that has been really helpful to know that, hey, if you don't connect well with the mayor's office, the sheriff's office, the school board, the teachers within the school, all of these many activists and people going about, uh, then you really won't be able to connect with the students well, the families well, or be able to help the immediate community uh, right away. Because I think it's very important, uh, contextually speaking, that uh, in order to do it well, you need other people apart. And it just can't be the people within the camp of the campus. So I think uh, community outreach and just making sure uh, you're well-rounded, not just spiritually, but just in your immediate context and uh, city that you're serving in as well. That's good. That's really yeah. good. Sounds like there's some like shared resources that you have because you're part of a Woodside of a multi-site. And there's also these shared best practices that you're learning from each other and things that you're doing that are helping the other campuses be better. Like here's how we listen to our community, how's, how we're serving our community and building relationships. It's really good. Um, or just in regards to student ministry, we have you know listeners who are leading in student ministries who sit on that student leadership seat. Um, here's a question that I have for you: What aspects of like this multi-site thing that you're handed have you found beneficial that can be applied to like any of our listeners? Who are leading at the urban campus? Are there anything like shared events or ways, people, things, the ways you communicate, systems you have um, that that are helpful? Yeah, uh, I think two things is that uh, one, being a part of a team is amazing. Uh, it's amazing to be know to know that you're not in it alone, um, and so it's really, really good to know that we have that dynamic uh, multi-site. And so maybe if you're a listener, you don't have a multi-site church, you're not a part of a multi-site church, uh, but you know some people who you can do ministry with that can hold you accountable, help you uh, with resources. You can run sermon ideas and things like that, games and stuff like that. Be in a community and be within uh, and some kind of team. Uh, that has been a best practice uh, for sure. And then secondly, I would say uh, within student ministries alone, one thing that I've known from within our team that has helped me, uh, not that I lead well, but it helps me lead well, uh, is uh, one and two. It's it's a two-part, one-and-fold, if that makes sense. But the first part would be uh, leaders, equipping leaders to know how to lead best, 
in any circumstance or any situation, whether that's one-on-one meetings, whether that's how do you dissect this conversation about how is how do I know if God's real, such things like that. And then also within that same uh, mindset is the mindset of um, being able to partner well. So I've, I've mentioned already being able to be uh, knowing the community well and things such like that. But I think what's been helpful for me is when I look at like Joe and his team over at the Troy campus is how they go into the schools and they lead well. And they're not just leading well to just go in and do another thing, but they're empowering students and leaders to lead when they're not around. And so it's been really, really helpful. Uh, By the grace of God, we've been able to go into schools and deliver cider, deliver um, um, count day uh, prizes for teacher care packages and uh, pizza days for students. And so without leaders, without empowering the leaders to empower the students and the students to use their voices within their schools, uh, it doesn't work. And so that's been a really, really helpful tool uh, for me over the last couple of years is knowing how to be connected within the team and then outside of that, uh, or within it, I should say, um, empowering leaders to empower students for students to go out and make the change within their immediate context, Monday through Friday of a school um, or sports, things like that. So it's been really, really right. helpful and really, really um, amazing uh, to see those things fleshed out that I've seen within our org, but it's helped in Pontiac. That's so good. I, I'm empowering leaders to lead when you are not around. That is huge. Whatever campus you're at, like, are you, how are you leading leaders? Um, and you just listed off a ton of ways that you're serving in local schools. And I think that's one of the things I love about being a part of a team in a multi-site setting is like, you're all sharing these things that you're doing. So it's not like, Hey, I'm doing this great thing. That's working real well and keeping this idea to myself, but we're generously like, Hey, here's something I'm doing. It might work really well in your context. Uh, so just a lot of like natural collaboration that happens through relationships. Um, that I love Love that so much. I wanted to ask uh, Joe here, uh, what, what are some ways that you have tried to be like mindful as you lead of um, the unique dynamics of an urban campus? Let me give you an example. Like I was sending some stuff that we're doing at my very suburban campus to another campus in a different area. So I'm like, so I'm like, here's some stuff that we're working on, but this may or may not work in your setting, but I wanted to share it anyways. But for you, yeah. what does that look like? How are you mindful of the unique dynamics? Yeah, I, I mean, first and foremost, I'm just gonna take a, 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 the, the answer that Denzel shared earlier, and that's listen. Um, I think that for myself, being the individual who, for the, you know, pretty much just about all of Denzel's career in student ministry, has been the the individual who's leading out our student ministry team in some shape or form. Um, I think there's a few things that you, as the leader, have to be mindful of, and then you have to permeate that out to your team. The first and foremost is that uh, it's a truth that we're all going to accept, but again, we have to remember it. I think everything I'm going to share is not going to be earth shattering, but you just have to remember it. First and foremost, none of your team are there by mistake. Like God has allowed your church to open up campuses in specific areas for specific reasons. And sadly, more times than not, a majority of the people who are sitting in your student ministry room, your meeting, your team, they had nothing to do with the decision that was made about opening up a particular campus. Yet, then they were asked to or called to or hired on to you know, lead student ministries at that campus. 
But God brought them there. God brought leadership to that point of saying, Denzel sharing the history of our Pontiac campus with Pastor Doug and Pastor Lorenzo. And um, even just, it's a crazy history of how we got the building. And it was owned by a former Pistons player, Lindsey Hunter, and um, all that. Like, it's just, it's, it's a crazy rich story. But as you sit back and you hear it, you're like, it's just God's sovereignty. And so as we're remembering that like, hey, we've been assembled for a reason and God's allowed us to be in different places across our community, that um, that truth has to help shape and dictate what we do as a team and how we best lead and love one another. And so for my myself, um, one of the things that, you know, we, we always had to do is just realize, hey, uh, communicate expectation, communicate over and over and over again, but be gracious and patient. Um, and that has to come from a place of believing the best. And again, listening. Denzel shared that earlier that he, you know, uh, he does students, he does worship. Denzel has also worked as part of the Dream Center. There's a house that our Dream Center has uh, that serves as a um, you know, a way to allow young men to, to just continue to grow, job skills, education, so on. Denzel's been at that house and he's been one of the leaders there. Denzel has served in schools as a coach. Um, Denzel has done a lot to, to be an expression of his campus and ultimately the gospel in his community. So yes, I need Denzel to get his stinking registration forms in, but I need to help Denzel get his forms in. I don't need to, to make it such a daunting task that somehow limits the ministry that he's doing. And I say that as a lesson learned, not that myself or Kim or others handled that at best at times or weren't frustrated at times. It just comes from showing grace, showing understanding, and, and it's a two-way street with one another. But ultimately, I want to make sure that we have a culture that champions that that, so that as Denzel's doing the different roles that he has, because everything he just shared to you, and I love what you're sharing earlier, Denzel, about uh, the need to understand your community. We see it in small towns, and I think regardless of size, it's true of uh, most cities that would be called a, an urban city, uh, that we need, to, um, we need to be known by our community. They're very community-driven. And so if we are, um, if we're not mindful of that, like you can become quickly known uh, for, for, for good things or for bad. So like, I, I, so on my end, what do you need to do as a leader? Um, you need to listen. You need to believe the best. You need to realize, you need to set expectations, but you need to, it can't be rigid. It has to be fluid. And then you have to make sure your team knows one another um, and that you know your team. I, I've had to learn and vice versa, Denzel's had to learn how we handle business and how we want our business handled with one another. Um, and Denzel, I've always appreciated this about him. He, you know, he wants short accounts. He just wants you to tell it like it is. He doesn't want you to beat around the bush. Um, and he, he wants to be able to grow as a leader. And so I need to honor, honor that call. I, I need to honor um, that as, as somebody who's been blessed to work alongside him. Um, but then. I think oftentimes is so if you're leading a campus, right? If you're in the central student leadership scene, you can hear the words urban campus and you automatically have five, six, seven different sort of things that you might be thinking of. You know, whether they're 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 right or wrong, 
but you automatically make assumptions. Same thing if I say rural campus, you're thinking everyone's showing up in overalls and tractors. Uh, in suburban campuses, you're thinking about mom cuts and SUVs. Like there's things that that we automatically assume you're that saying aren't always. <laughs> I, I did not, I did not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak into that. I'm not gonna, but there's I all these things with, with their pumpkin spice lattes. That's what I thought. Yeah. I would. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah, but there's, there's assumptions that you make right off the bat. And one of the things I noticed and I actually came to light in a conversation I was having with Denzel, I was just like, our team does and doesn't know each other. And our team does and doesn't know each other's campuses we instantly assume we hear of Royal Oak campus and we make three or four assumptions based off of who knows what. Um, and so one of the practical things we've started building into our student ministry meetings is that we were just doing campus highlights where two of the campuses, we'd have the guy share about their campus. Um, you know, they're kind of just like their campus, like, hey, their culture, their people, their demographic and so on. Uh, as well as how that particular guy or gal got to Woodside. Like, hey, Denzel, how'd you get to be a part of Woodside Pontiac? Like, how did God, like, tell me how God brought you here. Uh, and then what God's doing in student ministries. And we kind of parse that out. Like, hey, what's going great? What we can celebrate? And what can we work on as a team? And we were able to do that a handful of times before the quarantine hit and whatnot. But just to be able to hear, oh, yeah, that's what life is like out at Lapeer. Oh, that's how things are at Farmington. Oh, I always thought that I didn't know that that's something that your campus did. Um, so I think that that's so key to, to be able to do is that realize that maybe, especially for anyone listening who's had new staff come and you're one of the old guys on the team, like myself, and you're like, these kids just don't know anything. They don't remember what we came from or what we've worked towards or anything like that. That ain't their fault. That's on me. I got I to gotta get them to be a team. And the best thing a team can do is understand one another uh, and know each other. So um, so yeah, so that is from the student leadership team. That is my word of advice. So, um, yeah, we say that at Harbor a lot. And that's what I hear the heart here is we say really ministry happens at the speed of relationships. Um, Amen. and the better our relationships are uh, as staff, as our volunteers at our campuses, uh, just the more effective we can be in serving each other and in reaching the kingdom. And, as we just wrap up, I mean, there's a lot of things I want to ask you, Denzel, and I don't want to end by asking you a question that should be a whole episode. Uh, but there's churches uh, like Woodside and a lot of multi-site churches out there that tend to be white and suburban. Um, how can we be more mindful and helpful with the unique dynamics of an urban campus, especially in this like political tension that we all live in? Like we don't want to miss the moment to listen and um, be open to how we need to be good news and serving each other. And just sometimes right. we're like so focused on our Sunday and a Sunday program that we don't stop to realize, hey, there's stuff going on that we sometimes need to talk about and pray about. Yeah, uh, I would say uh, the best thing, uh, the best kind of way I could, the best way I can respond, mercy, uh, is to say, uh, just be open to change. Just be open to change. I think when you oftentimes think about uh, um, a multi-sided church like Woodside or any church for that matter, uh, where there may or may not be an urban uh, to realize that that urban culture is not your church. 
Um, it is totally different. It can be different. Um, and it doesn't have to, just because the name says Woodside, doesn't have to look like Woodside. Uh, there's going to be some things that are not uh, the same. There's going to be things that just don't fit for that urban setting uh, as it would in, in 13 other locations. So I think I think the idea for me to see that happening and see it done well, uh, where you could uh, meet an urban church and lead them well in a multi-site uh, way is to be willing to change, not the core of your foundation, not changing the word of God. The gospel still needs to go forth and everyone needs to hear it. Uh, but just some practical things that are in the day-to-day -day flow that just could work somewhere else that wouldn't work at your urban setting church, such as ours at Pontiac. Um, and if you can just turn that switch on and off to say, okay, it didn't work. Well, let's adjust it here. Uh, for the culture, let's adjust it here uh, for uh, the congregants, and uh, because they don't know that they don't, you know. Now, sometimes the other side of that coin is the urban setting just needs to get on the train and keep going, right? Uh, but also sometimes to meet culture where it's at, it is easy to just listen on both sides and be like, okay, it didn't work, but we need to change it, and it can't be that hard. No, this is the Woodside way. This is how it has to be, or this is the church's way. This is how it has to be. You know, it's it's easy to uh, bridge those gaps and bring things closer together. Uh, so it can be that uh, one church in many community feel, uh, in many communities uh, that, that feel that vibe uh, when we meet people where they are and realize that it's not the same and it is very much different at times. Amen. And Denzel, I thank you so much, man. That's such a good insight uh, across the board. And this conversation has been so insightful, man. And again, I just, I got a ton of respect for you. So love for you. I'm so glad that God allows you and I to serve alongside uh, and just what you brought today to this conversation, um, you know, to be able to, to kind of just call things as they are and just say, hey, we're, we're not where we need to be, but thank God he's brought us to where we're at so far. And so Denzel, thank you so much. Gina, thanks for, for leading this conversation out today. And for all you guys for, for listening, uh, we, we hope this has been encouraging to you. We please share this uh, with others on your team as you guys look to grow together and uh, you know, give us a, a like, a rate, a review, a subscribe. Uh, let us know if there's any way that we can help. That is the heart of this podcast, to learn from one another. Uh, and so we love you guys and until next time. Bye. Yeah.